God bless you, my beloved. God bless you. This is Minister S.N. Crockett, Jr. with Jesus Christ, our Lord Christian Fellowship. I'm coming to you this Friday evening, the 7th of February of 2020, with our weekly broadcast, our, the first installment of our weekly broadcast, The Truth of the Gospel. Hallelujah. The Truth of the Gospel. The Truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I get excited every time I just say that. The Truth of the Gospel. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. For he is holy. He is mighty. He is high. He sits high, but he looks low. He is exalted. He is exalted. He is exalted. Blessed be his name forever. Blessed be his name forever. I'm going to talk to you tonight from a very uh, important subject that ties in directly to the term, the truth of the gospel. Jesus and liars. Jesus and liars. Jesus and liars. How does the Lord feel about lying? Is lying something we can do haphazardly? Is lying something that the Lord takes lightly and that, you know, everybody lies and it's no big deal? And Jesus and liars. I'm going to start tonight from the book of Genesis, chapter 3. The book of Genesis, chapter 3. And we're going to see where the first lie, and the first of something is always important, especially when you're dealing with the Bible. When you're dealing with what, what we call, which, there's a term that's often used called the law of first mention. The law of first mention says the first time something is mentioned in the Bible, in this case, uh, it, it, it creates a, a pattern. So the first time a lie is mentioned in the Bible, it's from Satan. It's from the serpent. And so that's very important. Satan was the first liar. Jesus said he's the father of lies. We'll look at that passage either tonight or Sunday. Jesus said Satan is the father of lies. The father of something is the producer of something. The father of something is the creator of something. So the Bible says that... Uh, Satan is, Jesus said in John 8, 44, we'll look at that passage tonight or Sunday, that Satan is the father of every lie. And so if Satan is the father of every lie, it would behoove us to distance ourselves from lying and liars as much as possible. So let's pray, and then we'll look at Genesis chapter 3 and maybe a few other passages tonight, and then we'll continue on Sunday morning. I'm glad to have you with us glad that you could join us. I know a lot of people are watching the Democratic debate from New Hampshire. I'm taping it, so I'll watch it uh, later, either tonight or this weekend. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We, we, we thank you just for the privilege of mentioning your name, the name of your dear son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the God of all glory. We bless you. We, we praise you, Lord. We thank you. That you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Blessed be your name forever, Lord. You, you saved us by your mercy and by your grace. It was nothing that there was no goodness within us that caused you to save us. You saved us by purely by your grace. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die at Calvary's cruel cross for our every sin. Blessed be his name forever. Help us to walk in the truth, Lord, of the gospel. Help us to walk in truth. Help us to walk with Jesus, the way, the truth, 
and the life. Oh Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of thy dear son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion. Lord, bless your people. Bless your people. Bless those who have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches, Lord. Bless those who want to hear your word, who want to obey you, who want to follow you and your dear son, Jesus, our Lord. Bless them, Lord. Draw them closer unto you. Open the eyes of their understanding. Bless them with the revelation of your dear son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion, both now and forever. Amen and amen. Okay. So we're going to start in Genesis tonight. If you remember in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord... The Lord had said to Adam, and we're going to assume, well, no, we shouldn't assume. The Lord said to Adam, you may eat of the tree of every tree of, uh, you may eat of the fruit of every tree of the garden of good and evil, evil. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. In the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. All right. So let's see. Let's see. The Lord said this to Adam. Uh, da, 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 da. It's in chapter 2, and let's see, da, 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 da. this is the count of the heavens and the earth, etc., 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 well, I thought it was in chapter 2, uh, maybe he said it in chapter 1, let's see, it wouldn't have been in chapter 1, That's too. that's too early. Let's see. Then the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. In the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing. On the seventh day, he rested from his work. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens, the earth and the heavens. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasant to the eye and good for food in the midst, in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is going to play a, a major role in what we're talking about. A tree watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. Then the name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there is gold. The gold is that of that land is good. Aromatic, aromatic resin and onyx is are also, also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush, or what is commonly known today as Ethiopia. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. All right, here we go, verse 16. I apologize for not knowing where it was. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free. So Eve had not yet been created. That's, that's, the, that's what I was trying to make sure. I didn't want to assume anything. Eve had not been yet taken out of Adam's side. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. This is the Lord giving uh, Adam liberty, but also giving Adam restrictions. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, he didn't mean die physically, although that eventually occurred. But he died spiritually. But eventually he did die physically because the, the curse was pronounced upon mankind, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. All right. 
You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said it is not good for the man to be alone. So here at this point, Adam is still alone, Eve had not yet been taken out of his side. I wanted to make sure of that point. I didn't want to assume that Eve was there when, when the Lord said to Adam, you may not eat of such and such a tree. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. Still in Genesis 2, 19. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. All right, so here's where Eve is going to uh, be created. He took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. They were naked, but they felt no shame, because the shame of disobeying God had not yet entered into the picture. But it's about to enter here in chapter 3. Here comes the serpent. All right, so Adam and Eve are living in wedded bliss. Uh, here comes the here comes here comes Satan. The Lord blessed. Here comes Satan to mess, in the form of a serpent. He's going to lie. That's that's the main point. Satan is the father of every lie, and if we live a life life of lies, whether they're verbal lies out of our mouths, or if we live a life of lies, we are in league with Satan. That's, that's the only point that I want to make to you. That's why the name of the message is Jesus and Liars. Now the serpent was more crafty. The old King James would say subtle. The serpent was more crafty than any wild animals the Lord God had made. He approached the woman. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? I remember when God gave the original commandment, Eve was not even created yet. But apparently after being created, we can only assume, safely assume, that Adam spoke to her and said, we can't eat of that. Maybe Eve had said, oh, look at this nice tree here. Let's eat from, and Adam had apparently said to her, no, we can't eat of that tree. Because before you were created, the Lord God told me that I could eat of the fruit of every tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, can't eat of it. And the day that we eat of it, we shall surely die. So Eve, it appears, based on the scriptures that we have in front of us, I don't have the original Hebrew in front of me, but based on this English translation here, in this case, the New International Version, it appears that Adam re relayed the information to Eve. Let's say just as a person would relay information from the Bible to another person. A pastor would preach or teach uh, and and would relay what the what 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 thus says the or prophet what thus says the Lord to the people. So in this case, Adam was the prophet of God who relayed the information to Eve. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did not did God really say you you 
you must not eat of any uh from any tree in the garden did god really say that and that's the that's the that's the lying spirit that's in the world today did god really say that that's the lying spirit that's in the world today where people are, are constantly uh, attacking god's word the veracity of god's word the, ver the veracity the inerrancy of, of the scriptures did god really say that or did he really say that about gay you know homosexuality or did he really say that about fornication? Did he really say that about lying and witchcraft and, and hatred, etc.? Did he really say that? The woman said to the serpent, she put up a fight at first, a little bit. At least she, you know, she put up uh, an, an initial defense. It didn't last long. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say. She didn't say my husband did say. She said God did say. All right, so she 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 goes to the the um, the initial source, but God did say, "You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die." So Eve said, "Eve had the commandment." Eve said, "God said." Eve didn't say, "My husband said," "My sorority said," "My cousin said." You know, my, my horoscope said, Eve said, God said. So she knew the truth of the gospel straight from God, even though it, it, we, it would be safe to assume she got the information from her husband. But God could have spoken to her after he created her from Adam's side. He could have spoke, God could have spoken to her. We don't know. The main thing we do know is she did have the information and she had the information, uh, uh, accurately, we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and, and you must not touch it, or you will, or you will die. Now, the touch it part is, has led to speculation because in the initial commandment, the Lord didn't say anything about touching it. The serpent says in three four, no, God didn't say that. You will not certainly die. See, Satan is a liar. Jesus said he was a liar. Jesus said Satan is the father. He's a murderer from the beginning. That could be a reference to Cain, or it could be a reference to the fact that through Adam and Eve, death and sin passed into the world. Sin, uh, the Bible says in Romans 5, 12, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. But Jesus said Satan was a murderer from the beginning. So it could be a reference to Cain murdering Abel, which comes, which happens in chapter four of Genesis. Or it could be a reference to the fact that because of Satan, Death and sin entered into the world. Either way, Satan is the father. He's a murderer and he's the father of every lie. He's a liar. And what the Lord does not want, he, he does not want us to be in league with liars. We're going to talk about this today, Lord willing, Sunday and possibly beyond that. You will not certainly die. And this is a lie that people are believing today. People are believing they can do what they want to do and disobey God's word without consequences. Because Satan has whispered into their spirit, Satan has whispered into their deceived mind and heart that, that, that the Bible is just a book of fables taken from other pagan religions, an, amalgam an, an amalgamation of other pagan religions, and that the Bible is just a book of fables and just a moral uh, 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 guidepost. That it is, it is just a, an amalgamation of, uh, you know, this story and that story 
from this part of the world and that part of the world. People have, are deceived by Satan. Satan is a liar. Jesus hates lies. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Listen to what he said. He, he lied to her, then he enticed her ego. God is holding back on you. When you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And there are many, even in the Christian church, there are many teaching today that we can achieve the status of being God. It's being taught in Christian churches that Christians can, be, can, can reach the status of being God if they will follow certain formulas. You'll find this mostly in the Word of Faith movement. That Christians can reach the status of being God, being like Jesus Christ, not just being followers of Jesus Christ who obey him, but being like, but being like Jesus Christ, being God's. It's a satanic lie from the beginning, and it's still going on. You will not certainly die. Now, God had said you're going to die. Satan, in the form of a serpent, said, no, you know, you're not going to die. For God does know that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil, God's holding back on you. God's holding out on you. God is not letting you have any fun. When the woman saw, oh Lord, oh these eyes. Oh. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. You see, that's probably why John said in his first epistle, he said, be careful about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. John said, these things are not of the Father, they're of the world. And the world is perishing. And all those who live this lifestyle will perish along with the world. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom... So the woman was about to step out of her lane. She was about to step out of the um, area because God, God gives, but he also restricts. God gives us blessings and freedom, but he also gives us restrictions, boundaries. This woman and her husband was going to do the same thing. They were about to step out of the boundaries that the gracious God had, had set. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She wasn't supposed to do that. She also gave some to her husband. No protestation, no, no record in, no biblical record of protestation from Adam. No, 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 the Lord did, no, 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 the Lord said don't do that. No. It says she also gave some to her husband who was with her. He's right there with her and Satan came and spoke to her. Oh, that a preach. Her husband was with her and he ate it. After he ate it, notice that it didn't happen until he ate it because Adam was the head of the human creation. We know Christ is the, is the creator, but Adam, as far as human beings, Adam was the head of human creation. It was Adam who named the animals, etc. Adam was the head of human creation. After he ate it, 
the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. See, before then, they were naked but not ashamed because the, the consciousness of sin, the stain of sin had not set into their soul. The eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together. And man has been doing this ever since. Man is naked in sin, but he's trying to come up with his own solution to his nakedness. So just like Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves to hide their nakedness, man has been doing that ever since. He's trying to hide his nakedness in every way except the one true way, which is through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. It's time to give an account. All liars must give an account to God. And all who follow liars must give an account to God. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I remember when I was a little boy and we would do wrong and my daddy would come home and we had hardwood floors. We didn't have wall-to-wall -wall carpet. That was considered uh, uh, like a status symbol when I was growing up. If you had paneled wall walls and wall-to-wall -wall carpet, you were considered a bougie, middle-class, you know, black people. We didn't have paneling. Well, later we did have paneling. We, we didn't have wall-to-wall -wall carpet. We had hardwood floors. And when my daddy would come home, he'd walk across those hardwood floors like God had entered into the garden. Glory <laughs> to the Lamb of God. The eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God. They listened to the liar, Satan, the serpent. They listened to the liar and now they were afraid. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He called to Adam. He didn't call to Eve. He said, Adam, hey, Adam, where are you? The Lord knew that something was up here. He knew what, what had happened. Now he's, now people are going to have to give an account. The Bible says we, we, we all have to give an account to him, to, to, to the Lord. There's nothing hidden from the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account, the Bible says in Hebrews. Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Notice fear now has gripped him because he listened to that liar, Satan. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. The Lord said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me. Oh, Lord. Passing the buck. Well, Lord, the woman you gave me. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. It's just, you know, panty waste, weak. The Lord knew they would sin. That's why he prepared Jesus from the foundation of the world. But he didn't make them sin. We, we must make that distinction. He knew they were going to sin because God has all knowledge. That's why the Bible says Jesus was prepared before the foundation of the world. He knew they were going to sin, but he did not make them sin. But he knew they were going to sin because God has all knowledge. But he did not make them sin. He would not give them the commandment to not sin and then make them sin. That's not the way of our Lord. 
What is this you have done? Now God is speaking to the woman. So he, so he calls Adam to give an account. Now he's going to speak to the woman. What is this you have done? Now the woman's going to pass the buck. The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And she was right. Satan, the Bible says that Satan deceived her. The serpent deceived me and I ate. He lied to me. He deceived me. Me engañó. He deceived me. Y comí la fruta del, del árbol. So the Lord God said to the serpent, now the Lord, he goes from Adam to the woman, now to the serpent. Because you have done this, curse it. Are you above all livestock, all wild animals? You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Notice her offspring is he. Her offspring is not the nation of Israel. The, her offspring is he, Jesus Christ. Glory to the Lamb. He will crush your head. We serve a head crusher. Glory to the Lamb of God. We serve Jesus. We serve a head crusher. And I'm proud of it, and I know you are too. He will crush your head. You will strike his heel. Jesus is the head crusher. Satan struck, struck his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. It's good to listen to your wife often, but this time he wasn't supposed to listen to his wife. Just as Job didn't listen to his wife, said, woman, you talk like a foolish woman. I ain't going to curse God. Shall I receive blessings from the Lord and not adversity? And all those things, Job did not sin. Well, Job didn't listen to his wife that, at that particular time, and Adam should not have listened to his wife. The Lord said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles. And that's very significant because it says the ground is going to produce thorns and thistles as a sign of the curse, as, a, as the byproduct of the curse. When Jesus went to die for us on the cross, what did he wear on his, on his lovely brow? He wore, he wore a crown of thorns. Oh, if that, if that doesn't get you excited, if that doesn't get you excited about Jesus, I'm sorry, I can't help you. When Jesus went to die for us on the cross, he wore a crown of thorns. He, he, wore, he bore the curse of mankind up, up to Golgotha's mountain, to Golgotha's hill. He, he, he wore a crown of thorns down the Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering. He wore a crown of thorns down the Via Dolorosa. He wore the curse. He bore the curse. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The price that had to be paid for our sins was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed from the ravages of sin. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, dust you are, and to dust you will return. 
Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. The Lord God made garments of skin. Here's, here's, here's the first indication that the Lord, um, it's the second indication, actually. The first indication was Genesis 3.15 about how the seed of the woman would crush the serpent, etc. The second indication that the Lord would redeem us from the curse of sin is right here in Genesis 3.21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. It is assumed that the Lord killed an animal and took the skin of the animal and covered Adam and Eve. In other words, the Lord is now beginning the plan of redemption to redeem us from the sin that we fell into because of Adam and Eve. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us. The Lord said that. Knowing good and evil. See, the Lord did not want them to have that knowledge. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. A flaming sword so that they could not re-enter the tree of life. I mean the garden of Eden. But we see in verse 21, I'll read it one more time, then I'll move on. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife. The, here the Lord is beginning his plan of redemption. He made skin. So we, we, we're going to assume that, that, that he took the skin from an animal, possibly a lamb. And he took the skin from the animal that obviously was slain by the Lord. And he, he covered Adam and Eve. This would be a covering. This would end up being what the law would do. The law would end up covering sins until the time of Jesus Christ. For the people in the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, they couldn't be saved until Jesus Christ died on the cross. But their sins could be temporarily covered by the blood of goats and bulls and heifers and bullocks, and doves, etc. Their sins could be covered but they could not receive the salvation that we have received until Jesus, it talks about that in Hebrews uh, chapter um, 11, uh, until Jesus died at Calvary's cruel cross. The, the blood of an animal cannot save the soul of a man. Cannot, cannot happen. It takes a man to save a man, and it takes a sinless man to save sinful man. And that man, of course, that sinless man is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to whom be glory, power, majesty, kingdom, and dominion, both now and forever. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. All because Adam and Eve listened to that liar, Satan. He's a liar. Satan is a liar. Jesus hates lies. Jesus hates liars who won't repent for their sins. He hates it. Jesus hates lies. Because it is so antithetical to who he is and who he calls us to be. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father except by me. Now let's go, let's move ahead, let's move ahead 
over a thousand years. Let's move ahead. And uh, to what Jesus, our Lord. Now, here's, here's, here's the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's about to go to Calvary. But he's preparing his disciples in the upper room for the ministry that they have ahead of them. He's also preparing them as much as possible for his crucifixion. Because he knows they're going to get scared and run. But he knows he's going to regather them after his resurrection, etc. So let's go to John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is saying, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also, because you're following me. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, how can, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus pulled out a theological roadmap and said, I am the way, I am the truth. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm the truth. That's why he hates lying so much. Because it is so antithetical to who he is and what he and who he calls us to be. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one, and that means 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 no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so for us to support lying and liars and say that we walk with Jesus, it's just not so. For us to support lying and liars and then to say we're disciples of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, it's just not so. It's not, it's not biblically so. So in that same 14th chapter, the Lord is going to talk about the, the, um, the coming of the Holy Spirit. He says in John 14, beginning at verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Because Jesus knew he was going to go away after his crucifixion and resurrection. He was going to ascend back to the right hand of the majesty on high. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Listen to what Jesus called him, the spirit of truth. If the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, then how can we be in the bed politically or theologically with liars? It just doesn't work. It's, it's, it's just not biblical. He calls him the spirit of truth. Not the spirit of religion, not the spirit of denominationalism, not the spirit of rationalism, not the spirit of compromise. He calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. Watch this. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. It neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, he said he's going to be in you, which began at Pentecost. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. He, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He promises the spirit of truth because he because Jesus knows that the world is controlled by the wicked one. John said it in one of his epistles. He said the world is under the sway of the wicked one, Satan. And Satan is a liar. And because Satan is a liar, the only way we can stand against him is to have the spirit of truth. We have the Holy Spirit. Those of us who love Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of truth. Every true believer has the spirit of truth. And because every true believer has the spirit of truth, we have the opportunity, yea, the responsibility to walk in that truth, not to walk in your truth. I don't know. Don't let people tell you walk in your truth. Your truth is a lie. Your truth is what got us in trouble in the first place. Your truth is no better than Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve's truth. We are to walk, Paul said, in the truth of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. Listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ says right here. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit, because he's God, he's able to bring to our remembrance all things that the Lord wants us to know and remember. And that's, that's how, actually, that's how the Bible was written. Holy men of God spoke and eventually wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see that? That's how we receive the Bible. We're, the Bible is a book of divine inspiration. It's not a book of fables and philosophy and, and uh, an amalgamation of pagan religions. No, the Bible is a book written by men, all of them Jewish except one, Dr. Luke. Luke wrote two books, Acts and the Gospel of Luke. The Holy Spirit inspired these men, it says in 2 Peter 3, uh, 2 Peter 1, I should say, and it says it in uh, 2 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, that is, mature, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Prophecies came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved, hallelujah, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus said he's the spirit of truth. So because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, we cannot walk in a lie. That's why a true mature Christian can never be deceived by a cult. Because we have the spirit of truth. We have the Holy Spirit. So we can't be deceived by one of these false messiahs out here saying that, that he is, or she, as normally he, is, the, is, is Jesus Christ come back and he knows the book of Revelation like David Koresh did or Jim Jones and Marshall Apple, Applegate or Applewhite. A true mature Christian is not going to be deceived by that because Jesus said you're not going to follow that voice. You don't know the voice of strangers. He said, my sheep know my voice. My voice is the voice of truth. A stranger they won't follow. God bless you, my beloved. We're going to continue this on Sunday. We're going to talk about Jesus and liars. Don't you walk in a lie and don't you follow liars. And, 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 and if, you have, if, if lying is a habit in your life, I'm going to pray for you tonight. 
and ask the Lord to deliver you from that. Because when we lie, we, at least temporarily, we put ourselves on Satan's team. And if we're habitual liars, pathological liars, that's a big problem. The Bible says God hates lying. He hates it. Because it's so, again, it's so antithetical to who he is. So I'm going to pray for you tonight. And I'm praying for myself also that we walk in truth and that we would always tell the truth, even if it's painful. Sometimes it's painful to tell the truth. It, it could get us in trouble and, and or we could lose respect of people, etc. Or it could, it could create an inconvenient situation in our lives. So lying is often the easy way out. Or at least it seems to be. But the Lord does not want us to lie because no lie is of, the Bible says, no lie is of the truth. That's kind of obvious, Captain Obvious, right? No lie is of the truth. So if you're struggling to tell the truth and you have a habit of lying, we're going to pray about that tonight. We're going to continue to pray about that, that the Lord would deliver us from that. But we have to, we have to take part in that deliverance. We have to be willing to conform our will to his will. Just as he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, I don't want to drink this cup. Nevertheless, not I will, but as you will. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us, Lord. You saved us. You called us out of darkness. You called us out of a, the land of lying, Lord. You called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Help us to walk in the truth of the gospel. Help us to not lie, Lord. Help us to tell the truth all the time, God. Help us, Lord, to lay aside that, that, that sin. That's not a weight, Lord. Not only a weight, that's a sin, God. Help us to lay aside the sin of lying. Help us to tell the truth, whether it be on our taxes or whether it be on our job, Lord, to our family, to our spouse, to our church. Lord, help us to tell the truth. Help us, Lord, because we cannot be representatives of you, of your dear son, Jesus, if we're, if we're lying, Lord, if we're lying and it becomes a habit and we're lying, Lord, every time we, every time we open our mouths, we're lying. That's not of you, Lord. That's of the devil. For the, you said the devil is the father of every lie. Help us, Lord, to walk away from lies and to walk in the truth of the gospel. I pray for your people. If any of them are struggling to tell the truth, if any of them are habitual liars, I pray for them now that by your mighty power, that you will bless them, Lord, move in their lives in a tremendous way. Break that yoke of lying in their lives, Lord. Break it as only you can. I can't break that yoke. I have no power, Lord. You have all power. I have no power. You have all power. Break that yoke of lying in their lives. Free them, Lord. Free them from the yoke of lying. Free them, Lord. If they have a lying spirit, free them, Lord. We pray for our president, Lord. Lord, he's a habitual liar. And we pray for him, Lord. You told us to pray for all men in authority. We pray for President Trump, Lord. He's a habitual liar. You hate lying, Lord. He says he knows you, and many of those who follow him say they know you. He's a habitual liar, and we pray for him now. We pray for him that you would break the yoke of lying that's in his life. We ask this by Jesus Christ, your dear son. I pray for your people that you'll bless them, move in their lives in a tremendous way. Bless them, Lord God. You see their needs, you see their wants, their weaknesses, their fears, their anxieties. We pray, Lord, that as the good, great, and chief shepherd, you would move in their lives in a tremendous way by Jesus Christ, your dear son, our soon coming Lord, Savior, and King. Blessed be his name forever. 
Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, my beloved. I'm going to come again Sunday. Lord willing, we're going to continue. Jesus and liars. Jesus and liars. Jesus, hallelujah to the Lamb of God and liars. Amen. Amen. If, if you're not tied up Sunday morning, 10 a.m., join us for a continuation of Jesus and liars. If you are tied up with another ministry, bathe us in prayer, will you? Would you please bathe us in prayer? We sure would appreciate it. And we pray that the uh, that pastors and preachers all over the world, that they would walk in the truth of the gospel and speak the truth, Lord, without fear or favor. God bless you, my beloved Lord willing. We'll see you Sunday morning, 10 a.m. for another edition of the truth of the gospel. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.